Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute and across the Living Faith Fellowship. Each week we get together uh, while you're listening or having conversations about different topics, uh, theology, uh, biblical doctrine, uh, missions, ministry leadership, all kinds of things, with the intent that it be encouraging and edifying to you, the listener. And we're so grateful that you join us uh, from week to week. We ask that you continue to share and, and promote the show in, in whatever format, social media, uh, like, subscribe, anything that you can do uh, to make sure that the Word of God and a faith-based perspective gets shared. Uh, we really appreciate that. Now today, uh, we're having a conversation about the millennium which is a really a really big idea. Now, the millennium itself uh, is talked about in many different uh, Christian circles. People have many different ideas on the subject of the millennium. Uh, even some uh, Christian sects uh, that, that carry heretical views or, or even uh, cults have ideas about the millennium that are very specific to their teachings. And so we want to make sure that we don't get hung up uh, with the same problems, uh, dissecting God's word or understanding God's word the way other people do. We want to take a literal approach to scripture and we want God to prove to us exactly what it is that we need to understand uh, by comparing scripture with scripture. Now, I have a dear friend with me here today who uh, spent a lot of his life studying this topic. In fact, he's the professor of eschatology and uh, and Daniel and Revelation specifically here at the Bible Institute. And he's also the pastor at Crest Bible Church here in the Kansas City Metro. Pastor Greg Axe, welcome back to another episode Good of, to be our, here of our show. Yeah, we really enjoy having you here. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, and we always, you know, you always step up to bat on some of the harder subjects which we appreciate as well. This is a hard one, but it, but it's simple at the same time. Yeah, we don't so. have to make it as hard as we do, I suppose. Right. That, that's what happened. Too many people make things too hard. Yeah, so you know, last time we were together, on the last episode that mm -hmm. we did together, we, we kind of summarized the chronology of the end time events. And so yes. if, if listeners haven't heard that episode, they might consider listening to that episode mm -hmm. uh, before they listen to this one. But nonetheless, we had a conversation uh, really about the rapture and tribulation yes. specifically. And we were talking about where is the rapture in the timeline? And and then we talked about what makes up the tribulation itself, what's right. the essence of the, of the tribulation and who is that for? Got a good picture of that. Um, now, now this week we want to talk about the millennium specifically, right. and maybe you can walk us, you know, similar to what we did before. Can you walk us through what happens in the millennium? Who is it for? What's it? What kicks it off, if you will? Mm -hmm. Who's it for? What's happening? What are the things that we know about it? And then from there we'll talk about some of the differing opinions. Well, the millennium basically is the literal reign of Jesus Christ on this earth for a thousand years. It is the subject of the Bible. It is the main theme of the Bible. It is, without that, two-thirds of the Bible makes no sense. Mm -hmm. um, it is prophesied from Genesis to Revelation. Every single book of the Bible has some reference in, in it somehow to Jesus reigning upon this earth because mm -hmm. that's the main theme. That's the big day on a God's king calendar, and his kingdom. king and his kingdom. That's yeah. what the Bible is about. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's going to be, and it's going to be a thousand-year period of time at which the Lord Jesus Christ will be here physically on this earth, reigning um, from Jerusalem uh, in a Jewish kingdom. So mm -hmm. that is the main subject of 
uh, what we call the millennial reign, the millennium or the millennial reign. Millennium means a millennium, a thousand years, mm-hmm. um, but it is the literal kingdom of heaven reign of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Mm-hmm. And so we know that it's going to take place on this earth. We understand it. The chronology we talked about last week. Next event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church, followed by a seven-year period called the tribulation period that has a division in the middle of it, first half peaceful, last half hell on earth, that Jesus referred to as the great tribulation, Mm -hmm. followed by his advent, which means Mm -hmm. appearing or return to this earth, followed by an 1,000-year period of time in which he is the king on this earth. and it has many purposes and, and reasons and nature of it uh, in, uh, uh, during that particular time as, 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 as the Bible lays out. Right. And again, it's all through the Bible. So you can't go to one specific place in the Word of God and say, well, here's the millennium. you got to go all the way yeah. through it. To yeah, find it's it. spattered so throughout. If you want to read about the, revel- the, the millennial reign of Christ, take a Bible, just flip it open to any page, and you <laughs> right. read about the millennial reign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so we've talked about this on on other podcasts, Mm -hmm. the difference between the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. Right. And we've recognized, we've discussed this idea that the kingdom of God, specifically when it's spoken of in scripture, uh, means this spiritual kingdom Mm -hmm. that that is occupied by spiritual believers who are connected through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This Mm -hmm. makes up the kingdom of God. It's a populace, if you will, of believers. Where the kingdom of heaven is is the kingdom uh, for uh, the occupation of Jews that's been prophesied throughout all of Scripture. It's a physical place. It's yes. a it's a territory. It's a it, it's a kingdom. Yeah. Right. And a king will rule there. Yeah. And so, what does that look like? So, you know, the second advent comes, mm-hmm. and um, how how do we know who is going to be present in that millennial reign? Who are the people involved in that part of our biblical narrative? Well, it's a Jewish kingdom. Mm-hmm. So we look at the flow of history now, and we see there's periods of time at which the Persian Empire dominated the world, or the Roman Empire dominated the world. Or looking at it today from our vantage point, and how the United States is supposedly the world superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, those are little snapshots of what it will be like when you have a Jewish nation, the nation of Israel, that will control the world. The mm-hmm. closest that man ever got to it was under David and Solomon in right. the Old Testament when nobody messed with them. Mm-hmm. And um, Solomon reigned over a very peaceful time for 40 years of his reign where he had basically domination of, of, of the world under, yeah. his, under his reign. So that w- that's a picture of it, and then we'll have a thousand-year period of that when the Lord is on the throne, when it'll be done. I mean, Solomon was just a guy like the rest mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. Jesus will do it right. Right. So that's basically what the millennial reign is, is that thousand-year period of time in which he reigns. Right. But there'll be, we know that there'll be, every nation will be present there. So yes. we know that Gentiles, when we say Gentiles, we mean non-Jewish individuals. Right. Uh, Gentiles will be present, but then mm-hmm. also we recognize that, that the angelic host will be there, mm-hmm. and that and that Christians that believed yes. in the ch- from the from the church age will also be brought back to this kingdom to this earth. Yes, and they'll will all be will all be occupying Jerusalem and the surrounding territories together. We'll be together, right? Yeah. So explain what that looks like and that that mingling of all these different types of people. Well, we are we are promised. 
um, rewards for our service for the Lord Jesus Christ. They will be granted to us during that millennial reign. As Christians. Reign. Yeah, as Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, we're granted to us during that millennial reign based upon our service to him during this particular life, which will manifest themselves in uh, working with him through the government of this world to govern the world as God intended for the nation mm-hmm. of Israel to, to be operated. He, op- he gave them his law in the Old Testament, said, here's how you're supposed to function. And the law of Israel is not just thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. There was right. all sorts of, yeah. you got five books of the Bible sure. that talk about societal laws and family laws and moral laws. And you're saying those things will be reinstituted. That's the, that's the mm-hmm. template. That's mm-hmm. the constitution. Mm-hmm. That's the law book. And the law book will be enforced, and the law book will be uh, given to the world, and the world we expected to live as God intended for us to live on this earth, even in our fallen nature, under that set of laws. Mm-hmm. So it will be occupied and governed that way. And like you mentioned, Gentiles spread throughout the world, called the nations in the Bible, um, <clears throat> will be subject unto that law, just like it was during right. Solomon's reign. So. Those nations will have to get the law. In mm-hmm. order to get the law, they have to right. come to Jerusalem and get it. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter two talks about it. Let us come to the to um, the the Jerusalem and walk in the light of the Lord and know the law. Mm-hmm. And then they take that back to their nation, and they're supposed to live under that. So it, <clears throat> to put it in context that we might understand, it would be as if the Constitution of the United States was enforced in every nation on earth. Mm-hmm. Now there's 190-some nations on yeah. earth. They all have different constitutions right. than we do. But that Constitution would then be the Constitution of every nation on earth. Would be sub, it would be their obligation to learn it, love it, live it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... To put it in context yeah. that we might identify, and with. we hear we hear you know people from other religious faith systems, or you know even probably certain sects of Christianity use the term theocracy, mm-hmm. and this is actually a true theocracy uh, where yes. God Himself will rule the earth on a throne. He's the only one that can do it the right way. Right. Yeah. Whenever mankind has tried to do a theocracy, right, it always blows it's, up. Yeah, because, it's not a true theocracy. No. Yeah. Because we don't know what we're doing. Right. So. You know, with the Gentiles thing, that some people might have questions about that. So, like, if if the tribulation um, takes place, right? Mm-hmm. So the the church has been raptured out. Those those Gentiles who became believers in the church age, who are who are church age individuals, mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. The tribulation is is made up of those who are left behind, both Gentile and Jew. Yes. And so, um, h- how is it that Gentiles find their way into the millennium? How does that How does that take place? I think that a lot of people have questions. A couple about that. of different ways. First of all, there will be a few remnant Gentiles that will respond during the tribulation period to the message of the hundred and forty four thousand. Yeah, they'll um, they'll see the 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 two prophets, the two yeah. witnesses. They'll see that. Yep. They'll see you know they'll their Jewish friends will be talking about what happened in the temp, the temple mm-hmm. and the you know desolation and all of that. And they'll hear it, and they'll come to faith. They'll come to faith during the tribulation period and Mm -hmm. what they're told to do during that particular time. And then there's another passage that talks about, he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And Matthew 24, Jesus himself talks about cutting the time short for the elect's sake. That's not the church. That's the nation of Israel because he promised a nation, a promised a kingdom to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their land and their seed. Mm -hmm. If he does not deliver on that, then he then that promise is null and void. Mm-hmm. 
In order to have a kingdom, you have to have subjects. If you have a king but no subjects, you got a guy sitting in his basement playing War of the Worlds. He's king of the world, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. he's not a king. Right. So the subjects are the Gentile nations, and some of them will survive. God will cut the time short at the end of the tribulation period and stop the process. The great fear of mankind, especially after nuclear war, uh, weapons were developed, was that we would obliterate ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's part of the... Um, without getting too deep into it, it's part of the deal with us and other nations having nuclear weapons. It's called MAD, right? Mutually Mm -hmm. Assured Destructions. Well, it's MAD, of course. But if they launch, they are mutually assured that they're going to be destroyed as well. So that keeps it from from launching. Mm -hmm. Mankind's fear has been that that we would obliterate ourselves from the earth. And if God pulls back and withdraws, as he will in the tribulation period, and allows man to do what he wants, the end result would be the annihilation of the human race. Mm -hmm. You'd have one guy left who's bad, bad Leroy Brown. He'd kill himself because he's the only guy left. Right. God will cut that process short because he promised this kingdom to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and and their and their descendants, so he will give it to them through Jesus, their king, with their subject called some of the Gentiles who will just survive in in that process of being at the end. Mm -hmm. Some of them come in by faith, by responding to the message. Some of them come in by luck, Mm -hmm. but they come into that kingdom at that time. There's your subjects. Let's roll with this kingdom. Right. So maybe talk about some of the key components, the spiritual components alongside the physical components, Mm -hmm. the tree of life. Uh, things like this that that are common and uh, aspects of of living in this this new kingdom, but it's both spiritual, it's both divine, otherworldly, mm-hmm. and it's also physical because it's here on a, in a physical plane in the natural world. Right now, the spiritual portion of it comes through, as you mentioned, the kingdom of God and the church age saints, mm-hmm. which we come back in our glorified bodies to reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the best examples you have of that in the Bible is the forty day ministry after his resurrection, mm-hmm. when he appeared to people. He was already glorified in his in his kingdom form. Okay, so he would appear to people at, at certain times, come in and eat with them, fellowship with them, and, and he was yeah. there during that time. Right. So that's a little picture, a snapshot of that time where we will be here with him. The physic, the the spiritual kingdom and the physical kingdom will merge together in such a way that they will be. Yeah, he's walking through walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he it's it's not exactly the same as what he was before. Exactly. Right. So we will be with him during that time to reign with him during that time. And then there will be the Jewish nation that will be the head nation of the earth and the Gentile groups, nations, that will be subject and subservient to the nation of Israel to learn their law, to live as God intended for us to live mm-hmm. uh, on this earth, even in our fallen sin nature. Here's the law, live by this. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the, one of the basic natures of it. One of the, and, and there's all sorts of things about that millennial reign. One of the basic purposes behind it is to make sure that the glory and honor is given to the king. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the end times and the rapture and the millennium, and most of what we talk about or think about or even dream about is for us. Mm-hmm. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Why do we want the rapture of the church to happen? Why do we want to be in the millennium? You know why? No more bills to pay. Mm -hmm. No more achy backs. Yeah. No more screaming children. No more crazy neighbors partying all night. Right. right. All that's for me. Yeah. All that is self. And okay, God loves us and He wants to provide that that basis for us. Mm -hmm. But 
the 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 rapture and the and the and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ if you look at it from the vantage point of him getting the glory he gets what he deserves mm-hmm. for 2000 years his name has been a cuss word for 6000 years his people have been destroyed and obliterated and hated and chased and persecuted all over this earth mm-hmm. and and he came he was despised and rejected of men I want to see him walk down the streets of Jerusalem and get the ticker tape parade of the centuries like we do for our sports teams when they win something. Mm-hmm. That is infinitely beyond any celebration and party that anybody has ever had in the history of the mm-hmm. human race. And to look at that and go, that guy's my best friend. Yeah. Okay. And he gets the honor and the mm. glory. That's the reason I want to see him come back to this point in time for him to get the honor and glory. And that's the basic, the main purpose of the millennial reign amongst a whole bunch of other things. Mm. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Hi, my name is Uriah Ginther, and uh, I graduated from. LFBI, uh, Living Faith Bible Institute. I'm, I'm looking back on and using and pulling up old notes. Um, it really just challenges you to see the Bible in a deeper way and to grow closer to the Lord. And in His book, the only thing that that He He needs to do His His will in, in the world is the thing He hands you and hands you the book and says, "Get to it." And, and LFBI is just something that I, I value and uh, would encourage you to just do the same. It is it has changed my life and how I go about ministry. If that interests you at all, please visit LFBI.org and consider enrolling in classes. So then with that in mind, like, what marks the end of the millennial reign? I know that there's th- things transpire and there's a political rebellion that takes place. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to us? Yeah. You have in Revelation chapter 20, Satan bound for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, so mankind lives on this earth with the, that law in his natural sinful state, but he has to be governed and he ha- because sin nature is still there, yeah. even with Satan bound. Yeah, so our enemy is still the flesh at that yeah, time. Yeah, right? and mankind still has that tendency, that proclivity to, to sin because it's within our nature. Mm-hmm. At the end of the millennial reign, Satan is loosed for a little season. And I always looked at that passage and went, God, what are you doing? Are you sure? I, I know you know what you're doing most of the time, but, and yeah. of course, jokingly, right? why would you? I never, for years, I thought, why would you release him? Don't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got him, chained, got him right. chained up. Leave him there. Why would you do that? And then all of a sudden, I had kids. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. My children disobey as I did, as we all do, and our parents would discipline us, and one of the forms of discipline is to put your children in timeout, right? So they tell you to do that inappropriate to their age, so if the kid's like four years old, you put them in timeout for four minutes, and Mm -hmm. usually after the four minutes, they'll sort of kind of get it, right? at least for a while, okay? My kids did. We'd discipline them, and they'd get it for a while, and they'd go back. Satan has been in timeout for a thousand years in an unspeakable torment of the bottomless pit and the everlasting lake of fire, and the instant he is let out, he leads a rebellion, mm-hmm. proving that he is unreformable and proving that mankind's sin nature is unreformable apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and the new birth and or the tree of life. 
So when he is released in, in Revelation 20, it says immediately he goes out to the camp of and, and gathers the rebellion. Mm-hmm. You've had a thousand years of pent-up rebellion and sin nature, and he taps into it immediately and leads a one last suicide mission mm-hmm. to try to take over the, th- the throne because that's what he wants to do. And it tells you the fire of God falls from heaven and devours, and it's, that's the end. And yeah. then right after that, you have a final judgment. Then we go off into eternity future. So that's basically the event you're referring to, ending the millennium, going into the millennium, going into eternity. Okay, is that final rebellion? Okay, so be- before we get into eternity future, right. and we start discussing heaven and and, and Christ's reign there, mm-hmm. let's talk uh, briefly just about the differing perspectives um, on the millennium. Sure. So we've got we've got the premillennium. All millennium mm-hmm. and post millennial right. views, and each of these views um, are really kind of diametrically different from one another. They yes. they really stand out. They they're distinguished from each other. Can you walk us through those and explain those different perspectives? Yeah. Now, pre, post, and ah, um, meaning that's the when or if mm-hmm. a millennial reign would take place. Right. Again, millennium means a thousand years, so it's a thousand year reign of Christ. Those who are Let's let's walk it backwards. Post millennial, uh, post means after. Mm-hmm. They teach that Jesus, yes, will come to this earth and he will reign for a thousand years. But after, we have made the world good enough for him to come back. Mm-hmm. So we need to clean things up so that Jesus will be pleased enough to be able to come back and reign on this earth. It's up to us to do that. <laughs> Look at history and see the trend and the and the and the the trajectory that we're on, and we will never clean this place up. He, for God to leave it up to us to clean, we can't even clean up our room, let alone the world. And every right. time we elect a new or start a new movement or whatever it is, it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. So the post millennial people are trying to make the world good enough for Jesus to come. In the process of doing so. They're going to have to enforce their perspective, their worldview upon everybody else. And what ends up with that is you end up with jails and torture centers and and executions for those who disagree. Right. Because we have to purge the world of all of this bad stuff before Yeah, it's Jesus the responsibility of the church, which puts the church in a situation where they have to think governmentally and politically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Then you have people who are ah-millennial, meaning none, there is no millennium. Mm-hmm. To ah-muse means not think, <laughs> right? Okay. So <clears throat> that teaching says that Jesus will never come to this earth. We, he just reigns spiritually yeah, through that all the church. The, all the millennium talk in the Bible is just reference to a spiritual kingdom. Yes. Everything yeah, the, becomes spiritualized away. You have to take at least two-thirds of the Bible and just make it mean what it doesn't mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? And their view of it is that Jesus will gradually, through the church, bring everybody to faith, and then we will just all go to heaven and sit on white clouds and play harps forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, we're not trending in that direction we're trending the exact opposite right. of that direction. And also, that group of that teaching also leads people to enforce their view, their worldview upon everybody else by the point of a sword and a barrel of mm-hmm. a gun and mm-hmm. taxation, whatever they have to do to eliminate social all justice, the, yeah, things, social whatever justice. Might be. You have to eliminate all opposition 
in order to come to this particular point in time where we finally get to the end. So now the premillennial view is really the only one that makes biblical sense because mm-hmm. we're the only ones that really understand that a before you ha- can have a kingdom, you have to have a king. Right. That makes everything simple. Yeah. Okay. So in order to have a, pr- a, a premillennial, that means but pre, before the millennial reign of Christ, you have to have the king come in order to establish right. that kingdom. Yeah, the second advent. Second advent, okay? Yeah. So that's bit, that, those are the three basic views, premillennial being the only one that makes sense biblically mm-hmm. uh, and the only one that does not require its adherence to enforce their worldview upon everybody else physically at the point of a sword and the barrel of a gun, mm-hmm. we enforce our worldview by our spoken words. That's all we right. have is words. Right. Okay. We we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, and that's the end of it. We don't enforce anything mm-hmm. that way. But all but the other two systems in, require their adherence adherence to do that mm-hmm. in order to make the world good enough for Jesus to come. Yeah. Okay. So, how does um, how does this dispensation end and enter into the heavenly, the, the future, the, the post-dispensational realm, if you will. So we leave the, the millennium and mm-hmm. we enter into uh, eternity future. What right. does that look like and how does that, what do we know about heaven essentially? Well, the common view of heaven is that when we die, we go to a place where there's a bunch of clouds mm-hmm. and we float around in the ether and we have white robes, and we play harps, yeah, and maybe eat marshmallows or something like just to keep it all yeah, nice and fluffy. Uh, the the marshmallow thing sounds awful. I hate marshmallows. Yeah, okay, they're gross. They're gross. Yeah. Okay, but in order to that, just keeps everything all white, fluffy, and we just mm-hmm. float forever <laughs> in heaven. And heaven is a literal, physical tangible place as much if not more so than the literal physical tangible place we exist in right now yeah um in the beginning god who is a spirit created the heaven and the earth and the earth is part of the heavens and so that's a literal tangible place Mm -hmm. and when he made that we look up at the stars in the sky and we see all that up there and we go we look for life in outer space and we look for are we alone in this universe? Mm-hmm. Why did God make something that massive and huge and glorious in the splendor of it? And we see the pictures from the telescopes and the beauty and the right. colors and the mm-hmm. size of just the magnificence of God's creation. And here we are on a little dirt ball this big around. Are we going to stay on this little dirt ball this big around forever and ever and ever? And then when we die, we're just going to float? God made that for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 45, verse 18 says, God that made the heavens and created it. I made it not in vain. I created it to be inhabited. Mm. And that's not just the earth that he's referring to. That's the heavens. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, For unto us a son is born, unto a child is given. There is the first coming of Christ. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. There's through millennial reign. Mm-hmm. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That speaks of the size mm-hmm. of it 
not the time right. frame, because the verse goes on to say that the Lord will do this forever. There's your time frame. Mm-hmm. So God has designed us as human beings to participate with him and to fellowship with him and to exist with him forever. Right. And the size of this knows no end. He made the heavens to be inhabited. That's why we look up to the heavens, and that's why we shoot rockets up to Mars to find mm-hmm. out what's there. Yeah. And that's why we make movies called Star Wars, mm-hmm. where if we got off of this planet right now to inhabit the universe, we would export with it our filth and our sin and right. our wars. Yeah. Okay? God has quarantined it for that period of time, and at the end of that quarantine time, he'll come and reign for a thousand years and say, this is how you're supposed to do it. Then we have a rebellion that ends it all. He says, okay, now let's go. Let's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. I made this place to be inhabited. Let's do it. And heaven, as we understand it, obviously perfect, glorified, holy, beautiful, New Jerusalem, streets Mm -hmm. of gold kind of place. Right, right incorporates the entire creation of God where he is designed for us to live and wants us to forever and ever and ever. And we can't, earth can't hold it. Mm -hmm. It's big. It's big stuff. So, so then what's be more specific then what's, so what's the objective? Obviously the primary objective is to give God glory forever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's all what he's always wanted, mm-hmm. and he's always wanted people to do it of a free will. Yes, right. And so here you have, um, you know, the byproduct of seven thousand years of human history, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that have chosen to worship him mm-hmm. all together, collectively doing it yep. for eternity. Right. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, uh, absent the fluffy clouds and the marshmallows, so what's it look like? I mean, we know the streets of gold, but but maybe walk us through some of the other key highlights that, that the Bible spells out for us. I mean, it, it's it's fairly ambiguous at times. It but, is. It's but there fa- are some things that we know. There, are, It's fairly speculative as well because mm-hmm. you're dealing with future events at which, again, uh, to have your template, you can see some of it, but filling in the details of it is, is beyond our comprehension mm-hmm. at this particular mm-hmm. point in time. But if we are conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we, we are made, mankind is made as a body, soul, and a spirit. God formed Adam of the dust of the ground. There's his body. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. There's his spirit. And man became a living soul. There's his soul. That's what lives forever. Mm-hmm. The body on the outside will rot in the grave someday. The spirit on the inside is remade and refashioned and brought to new life through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when he returns, he takes this vile body, fashions it like into his glorious body. Mm -hmm. So now we are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. We're just like him and we will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever Mm. with him. Okay. So that's the population or the expansion of his kingdom throughout the entire universe um, that he is planned to have happen and how those details fit in is of speculative right. point. He told Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Had they done that without, there was no sin involved. Had they done that without sin, 
they'd still be here being fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Mm -hmm. And you take that and multiply it out by generations. Yeah, would it's we, gonna it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Yeah. yeah. Well, Greg, you've you've given us as usual a ton of things to think about. Yeah. Um, I know that the class uh, addresses the millennium in in, yes. in depth, mm -hmm. and uh, and so we want to invite people to to sign up for that class the sure. next time it comes around. You're just finishing up this semester. You're right. teaching it this semester, but right. it'll pop up again here in the near future. Mm -hmm. um, as we go, as we leave, uh, how should our perspective of the millennium impact the way that we live? Because I think the millennium is one of those things that's that's so outside of our immediacy mm -hmm. that I think it's sometimes the truth of it, what we do know about it, is hard to apply spiritually to our lives mm -hmm. now. What should the millennium teach the church age believer? Second Peter says this, seeing that all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all, all holy conversation and godliness looking for the coming of our Lord? So our perspective to the coming of the Lord, even so come Lord Jesus, is A, to give him glory and to be to serve him to the very best of our ability now during this life until that time when he does come. Because this life matters. It means something. There's mm -hmm. its importance to it. And the importance to it is... Um, based a lot of it in the millennial reign of Christ, where positions and rewards are granted to those who faithfully serve the Lord and give of their lives and suffer and sacrifice with him to be able to reign together with him during that particular point in time. So our perspective of the millennium um, should be based upon not forcing people to um, obey law like we obey law or anything like that, mm -hmm. but understanding that our mission during this age until the rapture of the church is to take the gospel, the simple gospel of the grace of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. These are fascinating, important times, but sometimes we tend to um, try to disciple lost people in, explain, in talking about the rapture and the millennium and the second coming and the tree of life and all those kind of things to mm -hmm. people who do not know Christ as their personal Savior. It's interesting things to toss out, but they need to come back to the gospel of the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ. So yeah. it's our mission to, to present the simple gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to as many people as we possibly can um, because that's what God calls us to do during this particular age. Teach the Bible to them the best we know how to do during that time. And then buckle your seatbelt and wait for the ride of the ages. Even so, come mm. Lord Jesus and the trumpet sounds, and away we go. Man, that's exciting, encouraging. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and thank you for making yeah. uh, Revelation simple for us. Yeah. We appreciate <laughs> it's it. It's complicated, but it's it, simple. It's it is complicated, but it's simple. And I know, as a young man in particular. I always had tons of questions about it, yeah. and you hear bits and pieces. You hear a little something in a sermon, and and you hear people talk or speculate a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, and it wasn't until I took your class uh, several years ago now, probably mm -hmm. six or seven years ago, uh, that uh, things that that dots that hadn't been connected started to get connected, mm -hmm. and the narrative began to unfold, and the chronology began to unfold. Yeah. And for and I was you know always excited about the coming of Christ, mm -hmm. but but once I had the storyline, it was even better. You know, yeah. it was it was way better. And so yeah. I want to thank you for all your time and energy that you've put into studying this and making sure that it is 
easy to understand and, yeah. and to digest. So thanks. I yeah. appreciate it, Greg. Make sure you get your border pieces in place. Get the border pieces in place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If you missed that in the last episode, make sure you get the, yes. the border in place. And so if you're working on, on getting the boundaries by which you need to understand revelation, like if that's a, something that you need to work on, like, I don't know if I really understand what the end times look like and I need to understand more. I need to get a biblical perspective. Revelation Made Simple is Greg Axe's new book. You can find it on Amazon. It's fairly inexpensive. Uh, and they'll and Amazon will send it to you real quick, just like they always do. Uh, but this book is really, really good and easy, an easy read, um, easy to understand, and it puts all the pieces uh, in, in in their general place so that you can have a better idea of what God's word says on the topic of the end times. We also want to invite you to go to lfbi.org and check out the Daniel and Revelation class that comes through and is cycled through um, every year or so, and uh, take the opportunity to find it or other classes that LFBI has to offer. On, uh, on biblical studies. Uh, we offer lots of biblical studies uh, classes, classes like 1 Corinthians, Matthew, Genesis, uh, classes like that help you get a better understanding of God's word and how all of the pieces of God's word fit together, which is very important as well. And, and so we wanna invite you to check that out. As always, we're incredibly thankful that you spent time with us today, and we hope to see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless.